0: So, yeah, let's uh, let's jump in um, with with these guys. I pulled up uh, I pulled up their bios on our website just so I'd know what I'm talking about. Um, just in case you guys aren't familiar with Luke and Evan, both of them have been coaching with Mile to Marathon for over a year now, um, but they're also star studded distance runners. Luke is, uh, Luke hails from white rock. Is that correct? Luke? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, excellent. Uh, he went to the Olympics in Rio in uh, 2016 for the 5,000 meters. His 5,000 meter PB is 1324, which is, which is just insane. He's also a sub four minute miler and, um, He's won the Canadian Cross Country Champs, which is a 10k race over grass and hills and mud and all that fun stuff. He's won that three, three or four times now. So welcome, Luke. Um, we also have Evan Esslink. Evan hails from Cortis, Ontario. I I don't even know where that is. I think it's near Oshawa. Is that correct, Evan?
1: I think he's on mute. Evan, you're on mute.
0: Evan, you're supposed to contribute to this conversation. You might want to unmute yourself. Am I good, man? Hey! Am I good? Hey, Evan from Cordis. How are you?
2: Good. (laughs) All right. Yeah, I was muted. My van.
0: You're in. So Evan is a uh, multiple-time representative of Canada at the World Cross-Country Championships. Also... Has represented Canada at that World Half Marathon Championships. He's ran a blazing 102 13 half marathon um, and ran his first marathon in Toronto last fall. He ran 218. So both of you guys had, uh, you know, sights set on qualifying for Tokyo. And um, Evan in the marathon. And Luke, in the five thousand meters, so just to give people uh, a bit of an idea of what that 's all all about and how they qualify for Evan in the marathon, um, he would need to run under two hours, eleven minutes, and thirty seconds uh, in a you know kind of a, a regulation marathon, not not one of those ones that 's like starts on top of a mountain and and goes finishes at the bottom, uh, a legit marathon so And uh, he would then have to be ranked kind of one of the top three. There's a little bit of kind of a discretion in there about how they were, would potentially select um, the two spots that remain available. Uh, Trevor Hofbauer locked down his spot by being the first Canadian and running 209 in the Toronto marathon in, in this past fall. And for Luke, uh, the International standard, Luke, you might have to correct me if I'm wrong here is thirteen thirteen point five is that correct yep that's right thirteen minutes thirteen seconds why didn't they just make it point three would have been would have been better so
1: have a nice round half number i don't
0: know yeah and so the the track qualifying a bit more complicated is uh there's n- not just kind of taking the um, Kind of three fastest necessarily, but there's kind of a whole world ranking system involved as well. So Luke would would be looking at participating uh, racing in certain races where he could rank where the where his placing in those races gave him a certain amount of points um, towards qualifying uh, for the Olympics. So that, does that is that a good Cole's notes on that situation, Luke? I know it's a bit more complicated than that, but
1: yeah, more more or less. It's uh, it went from it went from being like fairly straightforward, where they have an Olympic standard. If you run it, you're qualified. To making it more, I think they tried to make the standards a little harder, so that half the field would get in on standard, and they would use the world rankings for the other half. Uh, but it's definitely made it a lot more complicated.
0: Yeah, I think their original intention with that was to try and like get back to um, you know more of competitions being important as opposed to people just chasing. Pure times, but uh, whether or not it really works out that way is is to be, to be determined. Um, but I think I wanted to just start with obviously for both of you guys, this is a, a big commitment. This is kind of what you do. I just wanted you to kind of talk a bit about the sacrifices that you make uh, in in life and and what that situation is like when you're kind of putting everything towards qualifying for uh trying to qualify for the olympics uh
2: i'll i'll go ahead and start um yeah i guess they're kind of like i put in the blog this past weekend there's definitely some sacrifices we make to doing what we do um one of the huge ones that i mean very much so is that uh take a big financial hit um we can't well not to say we can't, some people do, and some people pull it off, but it's very hard to work a full-time job, um, especially one that, you know, ultimately, if I were able to work a full-time job, it would have to be sitting down, um, like an office-type job. But then again, if you're you're working 40 hours a week, um, running in itself, in my opinion, it's not just, you know, we're not actually running that much in terms of an overall time, a part of our day, but Um, when you're thrashed after a workout or after a long marathon workout, um, you don't really have the mental capacity to hunker down and, and focus on something. Uh, it's, it's spent napping a lot of, you know, our job isn't just time running. It's also time recovering. Um, it's all part of it. And that kind of takes away from any sort of financial gains that we could potentially make, uh, unlike a lot of other people, like. You know, the the classic thing is chasing the American dream, um, going after, you know, like those things in life, which I'll be honest, I do want as well. But uh, when we're at this age and we're in our prime, uh, we can't can't pass it up for anything like that because if we don't go for it now, the rest of our lives will be cooking ourselves in the butt because we didn't go for it. Um, so I'd, I'd rather know the answer, whether that's yes or no to making the Olympic team than be wandering my whole life and, and making a good paycheck now. Luke? Yeah, I think
1: that, I mean, we do sacrifice a fair amount, whether it's like financial or social. I mean, there's lots of times where I've got, you know, friends, especially through the summer, you know, going on camping trips and, you know, just having a good time doing whatever it is. And I think, um, you know, as an athlete, we've chosen to kind of stay away from that. And I think that, there's a little bit of a FOMO if we want to use a, the millennial term. Um, but at the end of the day, I think, you know, we're doing this because we love it. And regardless of what we're sacrificing, I think there's a lot of reward in, in chasing our, uh, our dreams and our, you know, I think there's a lot to, to be said in like, kind of like Evan said, like not necessarily achieving it or not, but I think you're going to, um, you know, whether you, we qualify for the Olympics um, you're gonna kind of see what the best version of yourself is as a runner and and I think that uh, you learn you learn a lot about yourself um, kind of pushing through that and and how you handle all that sort of stress um, but there's you, know, you definitely get to a point and I think uh, personally like I'm getting to a point now where i'm I'm uh, almost thirty years old and and uh, other parts of life are starting to become more of a focus so uh yeah it's definitely trying to find that balance between uh running all the time and and uh you know everything else is is hard
0: yeah it's uh it's definitely a uh a pursuit that takes a lot of focus a lot of time and energy but like you say luke i think there's a lot of life skills that uh that people learn and you know once Once you step into the real world, quote unquote, um, I I think you'll find a lot of people that that uh, find those skills that you guys have and are are putting towards this endeavor uh, are are very transferable to, you know, to other other walks of life, you know, employers will will uh, will want to snatch up people who have who have kind of dedicated themselves to the pursuit of something, uh, you know, this this high performance, whether it be sport or you know people pursuing high performance in the arts or whatever, there's there's su- such a a, a big um, you know set of skills that you're that that you're endeavoring into at this point. So that's uh, I mean one of those things for you guys that makes it hard to just be fo- doing anything else right now is is the training camps and stuff. So you guys were both in Flagstaff arizona prior to to all this coming about and we're both training hard uh focused on on the spring season um why don't you just talk talk us through what uh what the training camp was all about and what kind of the early season was meant to look like for you guys
1: yeah i think it's a little different uh just because we were both training in Flagstaff and for those of you that don't know Flagstaff's at, at like 2,000 meters so it's uh it's fairly high like if you're I don't know if you're at the top of Whistler that's probably a similar height it's just that it's uh it's a desert it's you know a town that doesn't get a whole lot of snow and you're able to run and get the benefits of altitude uh so that's why we kind of chose to go there it's it's dry it's a bit warmer you don't have to worry about the rain and uh, for us, the training can just be a little bit higher quality than than kind of slugging it out through the wet winter in Vancouver uh, For me, I was actually supposed to head back down um, about two and a half weeks ago, um, the middle of March, and that was kind of right when things ramped up with the whole pandemic and I made the decision not to go because just we didn 't know where it was going, and you know thankfully uh, with the way it 's going in the u s it was it was the right call um, but you know i I planned on racing, you know, getting the getting the season going, uh, in a couple of weeks from now. And obviously the way that everything's gone, that, uh, I mean, not just for me, but for everybody, uh, in the running world, there are no races on the calendar for, you know, I think it's probably going to be a few months, but it's, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been tough to adjust, but, uh, You know, unfortunately for, for us with running and training, we're, we're capable of uh, anywhere Like you can, you know, I can leave the door here in Vancouver and find myself on trails within a few miles. And even though we don't get the benefits of, you know, being in a bit warmer weather, being at altitude, I think that's the, the one sanctuary that we have with running is that we can just, you know, go out the door and find ourselves running within, you know, pretty damn quick
0: yeah it 's definitely a luxury when we compare it to you know sports like swimming um, it, you know once pools started being closed you know once the the only facility that they can train in is no longer available there they're hooped, whereas especially for more so for distance runners than for uh, track, we have we have the advantage of of being able to get out there anywhere. Um, Evan, what was it? Uh, what was the setup like for you and flag? And kind of you know in February and, and early March, what uh, what was the training like? What was the mindset like as you were as you were ramping up for? it was the London marathon you were getting ready for, correct?
2: Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, for, for me, as as Luke said, a bit different than him, that was my first time in Flagstaff, my first time training at altitude. And um, I was probably, we, there is a couple other of us from M2M um, coach Kevin and a new athlete um, running with our team, uh, Ben Preisner And, I guess it was all of our first time at altitude, but so I didn't really know what to expect. And I'm honestly I was probably the most scared of all of us going into it. Cause I, you know, there's a bunch of what ifs going through my mind at the beginning. Um, just what if I don't respond well? What if I just get run down, um, other things. But when I got there, I was, I was really happy and, um, running on some of the most beautiful dirt roads and trails I could ever imagine. And, you know, you see all these runs of these professional athletes on Instagram or whatever it may be, Twitter, all the social media platforms, and you kind of, like Luke said, you kind of have some FOMO. And when you actually get there, it's like, wow, actually this place is real and uh it's just optimal for for training in, in any way you can imagine. Um so yeah, I guess in that time being when I was there over a month, I feel like I had a bit of an adjustment period then. I I mean, I remember even saying to Luke, like, oh man, like I noticed the difference between 6,700 meters and 7,100, like it's it's harder. And then that kind of goes away um, after you're there for a bit and runs on a whole were becoming easier. And I noticed some pretty good gains with um, like some workouts we were doing were, were solid. Um, I probably envisioned myself having better workouts than I did, but that being said, Um, it is a new environment you're at altitude everyone responds differently Um, but as a whole things are going really well Um, I really enjoyed it and I I would go back again in a heartbeat Um, it's uh, and then of course when everything came to be what what it is now or on the way up um, you know your mind goes to darker places and but you just kind of make do with what you have and um, I guess I was supposed to be there for a few months um, without coming back so I was there for an extended period of time. And, uh, I think I almost got a full two months there, which, which will be great moving forward because it's said that the more time you're at altitude, you know, like the better you might respond later, but yeah. Anyways, it it's, uh, it was, it was enjoyable and I, and uh head was right. Everything was good. I enjoyed well, it.
0: That's great. Um, yeah. Like Seth is a beautiful, a beautiful place to be nice part of the world. And, uh, Great place to train, but uh, I think the first um, the first kind of time that that uh, the the uh, coronavirus was kind of prominent in the running world was when the Tokyo marathon was cancelled, and i don 't know about for you guys, but for me, when that happened, it was kind of like, oh, you know this is uh, it, you know the virus is kind of isolated to you know that part of of asia it's not really a concern it, you know we had athletes with mouth marathon who were racing there but it wasn't for me it wasn't really like oh this is going to impact a whole lot of of the racing calendar for for other people what 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 were your guys thoughts at that time did you did you have have any worries or was it
2: just all business as usual Uh, for for me I, like during that time when I heard about that being cancelled that i'll be honest and it wasn't even a a thought in my mind really like I really didn't um ex- expect it to be what it is now uh, nor did i'm assuming nor did a lot of people um so for me it was yeah honestly it was uh this might sound bad on my part but i'll admit like it was just another news story uh and I just kept going about my business and um and yeah, that that was it and in terms of my mind on it all at that time.
0: Yeah, yeah. What about you, Luke?
1: Yeah, I don't I I'm trying to think back. Like I feel like I was more shook from Kobe Bryant dying than like a lot of that other stuff. Like at the at the start of like that happened in the middle of training camp where you'd finish a long run and I was like, dude, Kobe died. And I I mean you see you see stuff on Twitter. Um, you know, I follow a few news outlets around the world and you start to see stuff pop up and I think when it started to like when it started to kind of creep into the running world with, with uh, get the Tokyo marathon getting canceled, you kind of start to um, look at it a bit more seriously. And I uh, it's actually funny. Like I was on the way to the airport cause I was racing an indoor race in Boston the same weekend as Tokyo and uh, Gary Franco was on the Canada line. So we were chatting about it and he's, you know, he still made the trip to Tokyo um, as a vacation and, I think that that trip to Boston that weekend was when I first started to kind of, um, you know, like going on the plane as an athlete. Like I'm already super, especially when you're traveling to a race, you're already super kind of uh, like anal with like you know wiping your seat down, making sure that you're washing your hands all the time, like not touching a whole lot of stuff. And uh, you know the the plane and traveling that weekend just kind of seemed to be a little, um, you know, I was I was you know definitely more aware and like a little bit more alert and kind of. Starting to feel a little bit more, and then um you know from from then getting back at, at the at the end of February, like things just ramped up from there and then it it started to be just you know now it's a part of daily life, you wake up, you you know check the news, you kind of see what's going on and um but yeah, I think until it really started to kind of break into parts of Europe, we weren't like I personally wasn't really following it a whole lot so you know we you, you kinda figure that it's just you know more or less in Southeast Asia or around there yeah
0: yeah so so then things really start to to ramp up and like uh you guys are still really focused but at some point there has to be there there had to have been like a point I don't know if there was a moment at which you not I'm not gonna say at which like you you know the dream shut down completely but was there was there a time when events you were looking at started to be canceled and you had to you were kind of trying to scramble to find different races to do look at backup plans um or did it did you really just go straight from okay this is full on still everything's still happening to now we have to shut things down was there kind of a an interim period where you were where you were kind of a lot of unknowns and trying to trying to still train and deal with things as, as they came up.
2: Yeah. For, for me with the marathon, um, as I, as you mentioned, I was gearing for the London marathon. Um, and I guess I can't remember exactly when it was at what point, but, um, Prague, I believe was canceled, um, like after Japan and shortly after it was, many of you know, one of the early marathons in the, spring is Rotterdam um and so that one for sorry got postponed um then that was started that was what like signaled me to be like oh crap like London could be canceled um and that's when I started to have like kind of doubts about it um and then you know more more of them were canceled and London was probably one of the last ones, uh, like of the major spring marathons, but it's also later as well. So it's kind of like two, as I would expect. Um, so in terms of, for, for my standpoint, I was just sitting there like crossing my fingers, hoping London wasn't going to be postponed, but you knew it was going to happen. So if I had, if I was running Rotterdam, I might've been scrambling for another marathon, but for me, it was because London's later one, when that got postponed, it was like, in an option was um, in my mind, I'm like, okay, Ottawa, um, you know, like Ottawa marathon is, is kind of the next on the board, but there was like under a 1% hope in my mind that that would even follow through. Like it is a matter of time. And so for me, when London was postponed, it was kind of, um, I'll be honest, my mind is shut off completely, uh, from running. And, uh, I just took a, a, a big setback.
0: So at that point, Evan, the Olympics is is still on, right? London gets canceled, but the Olympics is still a thing. But like, what's you know, this is a once every four year thing, um, and your shot to to qualify is is canceled. Where, like, what's what do you do? Where are you at? You just so devastated. What's the uh, yeah.
2: Yeah, my my thought when when London was canceled, and um, you know, I like I had zero hope in actually running a marathon anymore. It wasn't even, as I said, it wasn't much of a thought. But obviously, at that time, like you said, uh, the Olympics were still a go. Um, so in my mind, I'm like, okay, there's to me, there's no way they're hosting the Olympics with all these marathons canceled. Like so, so in a way, I was like all right olympics are going to be postponed too but then i know the financial burden that that is on something like that it's huge um and i'll actually just come out and say i feel terrible for those organizers for all the race organizers because they go through a lot of stress and like this is huge on them too so um i yeah that being said i'm very grateful that they are to be postponed to 2021 um but uh yeah, I guess back to what you were saying, Dylan, is that I didn't, I I almost, like, in my mind, just, like, shut off from training completely, because, as you know, and we all know, it's really hard, and it takes a lot of mental energy as well, Um, so for me, it was, like, I thought in my mind, Olympics are going to be postponed a year. I don't have to worry about this. Like, just chill.
0: (laughs) And what does, what does just chill look like? Like, are you literally, did you, put your running shoes in the closet and just like hang out. Like what, what are you doing so, at that stage?
2: So uh, I was pretty like mentally exhausted from, from just thinking about it all the time. And also just like, worrying about, you know, like I think as Luke mentioned in his uh, like post we had from out the marathon today, just recently, like it, we can get caught up in that. Oh, this race is postponed. This is, but like as a whole, like people like you you know you, you see it on the news you see like Italy you see Spain now um like all these countries are going through like people are dying and there's a lot other things to worry about than uh my shot at the Olympics or something it is very important to me I'm not trying to undervalue that but there's a much greater thing going on than um than our journey per se um so that being said I yeah it's It's just, it's all very unfortunate, but um, it's nice to have that. Oh, sorry. So, for me, like, as a training standpoint, that meant, um, like, I think I ran for a few days, only like 30 or 40 minutes, because that's like all I could handle. But then when I got back home, um, sorry, when I got back to Canada, I felt a lot more comfortable uh, because I also had the worry of like borders being shut down or something. And that was another stress on my mind, still being in the US. Um, so then when I like got across and everything, especially, you know, when a week or two went by and I was like, okay, I'm not showing signs of picking up anything through airport travel, which can be riskier, you know, it, it, now it's more of, um, I'd say like moderate mileage with two workouts a week. Um, what that would look like usually marathon training, I'd do a 110 miles a week around there. And now I'm just like hitting nineties. Um, so 20% reduced mileage, just enough to keep my sanity and, um as we all know there's still value in training now within reason and out of respect to our social distancing um because that will add to base and whatever um you know it's it's not it it wouldn't be good for me to do nothing now um, yeah
0: yeah, um, yeah. Oh, that's good that's good um but and i mean that perspective that that you mentioned having of what uh, this is a uh, you know obviously a much more important a much bigger thing than just you know feeling sorry for yourself or not having that opportunity to qualify but it's i you know I know having been in that position myself a number of years ago too it's like when you're in that bubble of of the running world and f- so focused it's really it's it's very hard to have that perspective so um it's good that you that you were able to to get there uh Obviously, and I'm sure for some athletes that they're still kind of dealing with that. Others have come to terms with it. Um, Luke, what about for you? You weren't just uh, your situation is a bit different because you weren't just one shot at this thing like Evan with his one race. Um, What did uh, what did things look like for you uh, as it evolved and races were changing or races were getting canceled and uh, different opportunities were were kind of disappearing.
1: Yeah, I think that's the, the one, I guess, saving grace with track season is that it has the potential to run from, you know, from March until middle of September. So I think that, um, you know, still kind of holding on to like a best case scenario that maybe I'll have some opportunity to run some, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think there's going to be any international stuff going on, but maybe that doesn't mean that there can't be some some local time trial sort of races in August or September. I think uh, we're fortunate with the Vancouver community that there's a number of elite runners and it's easy for us to kind of put together something like that. But, um, you know, I think I, uh, I think pretty early on, I accepted that there was a good chance the Olympics were going to get canceled. And I think, especially in the lead up to, you know, the Canadian Olympic committee deciding to pull the Canadian team, regardless of what happened, I think I had kind of accepted that the Olympics were going to happen Um, but it I found it really hard because athletes we were just like left we were left completely in the dark. And I feel like it was every other day where the IFC was coming out and saying, Oh yeah, they're gonna go ahead, they're gonna be run, and we're kind of sitting here, um, you know, like you like you mentioned, like distance runners, we're able to carry on fairly easy. Um, but when you're thinking of all the other sports, like how are they, how are a swimmer, how is a swimmer gonna train? How is you know, a basketball team socially isolating and how are they going to practice? Like, I think it was inevitable. Um, but I think just the fact that we hadn't had the official announcement kind of made it hard to not train. Like I'm still sitting here. I'm like, I kind of need to do this. I feel like I need to train. I feel like I I still need to run hard and run long and do all that sort of stuff. So I think it was finally when everything was said and done, it was a bit of a relief. Um, you know, that we we can take a step back. You know, there isn't the pressure there for a while. We can, you know, we can worry about the things that matter, like staying healthy and, you know, family and friends and that sort of thing. Um, but at the same time, I think, uh, you know, personally, I was I was ranked really well. I think I was ranked uh, somewhere around, like, 38 or 39th in the world, and they take 42 athletes in 5K, and you spend all this time – Uh, at training camp in the winter and racing indoor races in the, you know, back East and setting yourself up to, um, you know, succeed as best you can in the outdoor season. And for everything to just get thrown out the window, it it does definitely feel um, kind of crappy. Um, And I do feel, you know, somewhat selfish thinking that it's only going to give a bunch of other year, another year for a bunch of guys to continue to develop. Um, but at the same the same time, it I guess it it could be a blessing in disguise, and just I guess matters how you how you handle it.
0: Yeah, for sure, it's uh, yeah. There's it, it might change the game a lot. I know there was uh, there was some chatter of weather in the U.S. Um, they should rerun the U S Olympic marathon trials, which happened, uh, at the end of, at the end of February. Uh, you know, and typically it's the year of the Olympics. So people are saying, Oh, should this, should this be rerun, uh, in February of next year to select the team? Um, because like you say, there could be young up and coming athletes that, that are, that are getting better and will be a factor then that weren't now. So it's, uh, it's really interesting. Um, I just have a f- one or two other questions. So if if there's people that are on the call um, that want to ask some questions, you can type them in the chat or um, think of your questions now and, and uh, can jump in in a sec. I think my last question for you guys was just uh, both of you kind of touched on it, but what are you, what are you doing for training now? How different does it look without the focus of, of qualifying? Um, are you enjoying it? as much is it hard to get motivated what's uh, what are things like there for you guys
2: yeah as i mentioned it's for me it's you know like 20 25 20 reduced like of peak mileage which for me is a uh, very like manageable and i feel like that's almost the sweet spot for um in terms of like I, uh, no, I, I don't think I couldn't knock out 110 mile weeks right now and be super motivated to do so. Um, but 90, I can manage that all in uh single runs, which means I can sleep in every day and, and run at noon. And <laughs> like I've been doing, which, uh, which I absolutely love that kind of training. Um, not having to worry about doubles is, is not that I worry about it, but it's, it's nice for in terms of recovery to have that full 24 hours every day. Um, and, uh, you know, like I, I, I see like a big thing right now is uh, Strava and, and segment hunting with, uh, you know, which <laughs> Luke smiling. <laughs> Luke knows I'm 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 pretty against Strava just uh, for for me because I feel like I would well for a variety of reasons I won't go there but uh but I I think it's in all of Cortes you have them all by now <laughs> <laughs> um, and I I think it's a great thing. Uh, especially for those that you know that that's a really cool thing going on right now and it's it's really nice to have that and and it probably helps a lot of people stay motivated um which is great um and it's friendly competition it's it's all good fun um for me i yeah just it's better for me to stay away from that kind of thing um or else all your segments would be gone in vancouver um <laughs> i'm kidding i'm
0: kidding uh, i love it i love it
2: <laughs> no no um no i it yeah it's 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 i find it's easy enough because for me i'm i am someone who can like see a goal way in the future and stay pretty focused so i see right now as these 90-mile weeks or whatever they might change to be uh, depending on uh my communication with my coach um is that i do see all this adding up in value and it's it's money in the bank to the years that i have um it's another strong block of training that will pay dividends when it comes to, time to racing a, a big marathon. Um, and, it, and as I mentioned in my blog, it's a time where I'm focusing on other things that make me strong or could make me stronger. Um, which right now just, I I feel like I've got very weak hips and a pretty weak uh, med- core, which I, I think, you know, I haven't really been able to, Uh, show all my cards late in the marathon and I want to be prepared to be able to do that. So that means strengthening things that I find are weak right now. Um, And so I have a lot of focus on, on that. Um, And so that's enough in my mind to keep me motivated through these times.
0: Nice. That's great. Um, What about for you, Luke?
2: Yeah, it's,
1: uh, I don't know. It's been hard, I think, to, like find the motivation. I think recently I've drawn a lot on like the community and like meeting with our track group, our coach, Evan, like guys like that to work out on a regular basis. And I think not having that has made it a bit more challenging for me. Um,
0: but you were think- still motivated enough to take down the famous five mile Palmer loop in Stanley park. You you obliterated that, that segment. Is that uh, is that something that's uh, kept you going? Those Strava segments.
1: Yeah, I think I mean that was the last. I think that was like uh, two and a half, three weeks ago now. And I think that was the last time that I really came into practice, being like, oh yeah, this is fun. And I think definitely having the, you know, the the segment kind of there as a goal was definitely something that kept me motivated. And you know, with our with the coaches and and whatnot in in Vancouver, we've started a. a you know, a Slack channel about segment hunting and we're kind of having some fun with it. But, uh, you know, I, I haven't had a, any troubles motivating myself to get out the door for a run, you know, an easy run, but I've, you know, had some troubles with um, moting my, motivating myself to like get out the door for a workout. And I think that uh, it's been nice to kind of have the pressure of races not there. And I feel like I'm, trying to spend a little bit of this period of like trying to find why, like why I love running and get back to that feeling. Cause I feel like when I was in university and like the first few years where I was, you know, chasing fast times and, and trying to make national teams and qualify for the Olympics, it, it, it didn't matter what I was doing. I didn't have a problem going to the track by myself. And I just, I love to push myself and i love to have fun. And I think, you know, the last two years, especially there's been a lot of pressure having made an Olympic team, um, and trying to make it again. And, you know, everything that you think is tied to that. And I think that it, I've just put a lot of pressure on myself, uh, you know, needing to achieve certain numbers where I think, um, I think what really makes it fun is just going and doing it. And regardless of what happens is, it's still fun. So I feel like I'm kind of come into this period of taking a step back but just trying to trying to have fun on my own terms and hopefully that kind of reignites the the fire for for what what i'm trying to do
0: yeah yeah that's a really good point i mean i think when you're you feel that pressure of of making a team you know what the qualifying standards are i mean i know for for you luke you probably know that you know thirteen thirteen is 63.1 per lap, or whatever it is, and that's like you know every workout you go to. That's kind of your your kind of point of reference is like where you are compared to that. And for for Evan, you know, five minute miles or th- 306 kilometers, whatever you need to run um, to run those times uh, for for the marathon. Once you kind of can step away from that, you can you can kind of you realize how how really focused and how much pressure you're putting on yourself for those for for the training when you're trying to achieve those um so just stepping back from that is uh can be a nice change that's uh but i'm sad to see my my strava segment apparently
1: i was the fastest though apparently like apparently back in the day from from our coach from richard lee they used to do a five mile race, a 10 mile race and a four by three mile relay on Palmer. And I got a text a few days later saying that uh, Paul McCloy had the, has the official loop record. And apparently he did it in a pair of like 1980s Pegasus. So they probably weighed about 14 pounds each. And this guy just slammed the 23 flat or whatever it was on the loop. And anyways, he didn't put on Strava didn't count so he can take a hike.
0: There you go. For for those of you that are, aren't privy to our our uh, Slack channel and uh, haven't seen uh, this this Palmer Loop in Stanley Park is a is a five mile loop that that uh, a lot of guys in ban- men and women in Vancouver uh, use mostly for training. Um, and we've tracked on Strava kind of uh, the the fastest time for five miles around there. I, I used to have it, and now Luke is beat that time by like a minute and a half so um that's that it's uh that's that's fun that's been part of part of things for uh for you luke um we've got a few questions in the chat here from one mr rob watson what are your favorite routes to run in vancouver
2: uh my favorite might be my might be my favorite road ever anywhere in the world to run on which is a big say is Seymour Demonstration Forest. That's probably my number one on the North Shore there. Uh, I think it's – what is it called? Lynn Valley? Is that where it is? Is that right? Um, yeah. And area. That, that, that's – yeah, that's probably my favorite – all-time favorite run. But I also really enjoy the uh, running along the Fraser River and the Southlands I think is really nice. It's kind of like a – it's a – and it's an equestrian neighborhood so um, weird there. There. yeah so it's it's it <laughs> what i like about it is it's like it's like a, a little town of ontario that somehow got stuck in the city of vancouver and so i think that's why i like it, is because i i take the route where you go up 16th um and you go alongside a uh, pacific spirit park and go right down there um down southwest marine or yeah and uh i think that's those are my two favorites for sure
0: cool Luke, yeah.
1: I've never run – that's, like, the only trail in Vancouver I haven't run is Southwest Marine. Yeah, I think Seymour uh, Demonstration Forest is pretty unique. I mean, it's, like, I don't know, 20 minutes from downtown, and it feels like you're in the middle of nowhere. So it's pretty um, – you know, all the old growth forest. Like, it's pretty – We're I grew up in Vancouver. Like, I feel like I'm pretty spoiled because, to me, it's normal, where I think for maybe somebody like Evan or you, Dylan, like, coming into this um, – you're not not as used to it and I think every once in a while I catch myself in Pacific Spirit Park just looking up at the trees and being you know kind of reminding like this is pretty this is pretty special and I think you know I'm a big I love Pacific Spirit Park I think you can get lost in there and and there's a lot of different variety and uh, I grew up out in like the White Rock South Surrey area and we have uh, Campbell Valley Park which is like a it's a big equestrian park but there's a, a big trail that goes around the whole park it's about just over 10k and it's when I've visiting my parents it's it's an awesome place to get out for a run as well um but there's like I, it's there's so many options in vancouver like the seawall is great and you know stanley park's awesome i've been in there the last uh couple of times the last few weeks just because it's been nice they've shut it down so i think it's kind of limited the foot traffic on the trails and and getting in there and exploring a little bit and, and having some fun in there
0: yeah, Vancouver is, is unreal for, uh, for places to run. Uh, here's a good follow-up question that Sean had, um, Sean Lyons. If, uh, if country, other countries have implemented distance from home restrictions uh, for social distancing reasons, for example, Ireland has two kilometer distance from home, how would that impact you and your training if something like that was implemented in Canada?
1: Yeah, I feel like uh I mean I feel like I'm still in a reasonable spot. Like I could just make a, a 2K loop and it'd probably get fairly repetitive. I might have to break out the uh the headphones or something, but um I think that's the nice thing about Vancouver is it doesn't really matter where you are in the city, you're probably still able to manage running a 2k radius from home and, and make it somewhat decent. Um Hopefully it doesn't come to that, like hopefully we can continue to follow the the social distancing guidelines and and just not force something as intense as that but yeah
0: um, but I you think did- if something
1: were to, if something were to happen like that, I think that uh, yeah the I mean the magnitude of this whole pandemic is pretty crazy already, but I think that it would kind of become more of a reality for people that you know we need to take that the whole social distancing thing a little further because i think it's like you get a nice day in vancouver right now and you go out to spanish banks and it's just are people are out in flocks and uh so it's yeah it's it's a it's a funny little social experiment we got going on that's for sure
2: evan yeah i I, 2k
0: radius (laughs)
2: I'd probably stop running and go into weightlifting or something. <laughs> Ryan Hall style, <laughs> something like that. You Take oh. on Ryan Hall, I like it. I, <laughs> I saw him the uh, other
0: day he uh, he squatted like 400 pounds. You think he can? Get insane. There? That's insane. That's <laughs>
2: insane. No, I I mean I'll i like I'll always you know I'll always run, but I I definitely like love going to the gym and <laughs> not getting very big there <laughs> no it's uh, it's it's good to, it's it's like a, actually part of training i really like enjoy um that different stimulus but no but jokes aside I, I think um yeah if it were like a 2k radius or whatever i don't know mathematically what that would work out to but it does kind of depend where you are like i would rather have a 2k radius in vancouver than in curtis ontario probably because. Um, <laughs> Cause like any quiet road from me, like this is it's all like intertwining neighborhoods. It'd be like I wouldn't be going longer than a hundred meters without taking a left or a right. <laughs> so every run would look uh, pretty funky. Maybe some incentive for me to start my Strava art, but uh, um, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it would. I mean, it would suck, and I hate running on treadmills, and I don't have one here. So um, mm-hmm. I, I think uh, you manage, but. Like a, realistically, I'd probably not train nearly as hard as I am right now. Yeah. Um, and it would, yeah, maybe just work on some speed or something. I don't know.
0: That's fair. That's fair. Um, any, Rob's got another question here, but I was going to see if anyone else wanted to jump in with any questions. Okay. Straight to Rob's question then. What sport would you do if you were not a runner?
1: uh i just gotta say cross-country skiing i actually had like my coach rich basically said he's like i think you missed your calling you should have been a cross-country guy like i've got bigger shoulders and pipes and some of these skinny little runner guys but uh i think i'm way too late to go to that, that sport i'd probably just look like a cat on roller skates if i tried to learn how to cross-country <laughs> ski now do anything serious
0: it's good though Well, say, la vie. yeah
2: I was, I have a very similar answer to Luke, but it'd probably be the biathlon because I just think it's totally badass and a sick sport to watch. Um, but which, uh, for any of you that don't know, it involves basically cross country skiing and and shooting. Um, <laughs> but, but no, I, I think cross country skiing to me, like similar to Luke, I mean, Luke maybe has some more power than, than I do. He called me out being a, Scrolling distance sky, but um I I think it's a really cool sport um and something I've well some backstory. I've never skied in my life, so <laughs> I just I watch it and I'm like, that looks sick. And like I just think it's badass and uh it'd be fun to do. Very hard, but uh yeah, it would it would be pretty cool. I think that or like long track speed
1: skating, I feel yeah. like that's a oh, yeah. growing up. We know how to yeah. skate. Yeah. It's a little different skating with those big skates on your feet. But I think there'd be some crossover between what we're doing now and, or what maybe our genetic abilities have given us. And if we had taken it differently maybe we would have excelled at that too. But yeah. um, Yeah. Nice. I feel like running has got to be one of the, it's one of the most like broad sports that like I, there's no limitations on who can do it. So I feel like it's a very competitive sport because of that.
0: 100 percent i always i always used to uh argue that with people that you know the the olympic marathon there's representation from who knows how many countries 100, 100 plus sometimes um whereas other other sports you've got 10 12 countries that can afford to compete uh have you know have the resources to to uh train for for those sports and stuff so Uh, running is great josh has a great question for you who's your favorite running legend and why
2: you we can go first (laughs) like sorry i just have a question about this legend do they have to be like old like retired to be a running legend. Mm. Like what uh, a legend i don't
0: i don't know what the definition of legend was i don't know josh if you want to define the word legend or not
2: any runner so,
0: any runner just not your just not each other
1: uh yeah i don't know like it's uh i feel like cam levin's is a pretty good pick at the canadian like the stuff that he was doing his last year at university and making the Olympics and the Olympic final. And uh, I think he was like a big catalyst, I feel like, for showing like mine and Evan's generation that we can compete with the best in the world. And um, I think for me, Mohamed, he's a good buddy of mine. And I think he's probably going to go down as the greatest Canadian distance runner of all time. And I think that it's been really cool to follow his journey we were on the junior national team a couple times together coming up and uh you know competed against each other a bunch and just to see him continue to work and just put his head down and and you know get to the point where he's winning a medal at the world championships and you know hopefully he's going to be competing for a medal at the Olympics next year so it's he's up there for one of my yeah
0: those two guys are great, and they they've kind of had different trajectories, right? Like like you say, I remember Mo um, as a junior, and he was he was good. He probably won a few uh, junior national championships, but just kind of like chipped away, went through the U.S. collegiate system. Again, he was he was pretty good, but but nothing earth shattering, and just kind of improved year on year. Uh, and everyone knew him. Um, everyone knew of him. He, and he just kind of continued to improve. Whereas Cam just like, boom, came out of nowhere. Made made the Olympic team, um, basically the first year that anyone had ever heard of him. And both, uh, but both doing legendary stuff. So those are good picks. What about you, Evan?
2: Uh, it's yeah, it's actually a really hard question because <laughs> it's not something I haven't really thought about ever. But um, yeah, I don't want to be mainstream and, and pick the guy, but like, I, I like the way Luke was going with Canadians, and I agree with both of those, especially Mo, because um, I, you know, I raced against him in high school, and he was smacking us in cross-country, and it was just, you, you could see, you could see, like, the potential he had at at, at that age, and, you know, back in the, uh, at the um, Olympic, I mean, also, and, uh, you know, he'd, 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 he'd run, like, three-minute Ks for cross-country in high school, which is just, absurd um but no i think i think my pick it's hard not to pick ellie kipchoge <laughs> it's it's really hard not to um i don't know he's won like 11 out of 12 marathons or 12 out of 13 or something like that and just as perspective that means every single marathon he's going into like as you all know you you can prepare your best for your ability and you can like nail your taper and it, you don't know on the day if you're going to feel like an a plus or if you're going to feel like a b or a c um and and he's the guy where like he chances are on one of those marathons he felt like a c and he still beat everyone when someone probably felt like an a and that just goes to show like the power of like how good he really is and just to be that consistent and injury free and like and still training yeah, it's it's mind-boggling to me that he's able i just yeah i it yeah, he, I guess he would be my choice. It's just I didn't want to pick him because he's just like, I feel like he's everyone's choice. <laughs>
0: he might be an obvious choice, but he's a good choice. He also has impeccable style, as we all saw this week. Yes. That G- yes. If you haven't I, that. I
2: don't even want to dress yeah, like, like him.
0: Yeah, for those of you uh, watching, listening, if you haven't seen uh, GQ, uh, the latest issue, I don't right. know if it's online or – I don't I, I don't know I don't usually follow GQ but uh that's that's uh the stuff of legends right there um okay Tony's got our last question um for the for the day other than the Olympic dream what are some of your other goals in the sport Luke I know your main other one was to get the Palmer five mile record so what I mean what else is there
1: I haven't run the sun run yet. I gotta do that one day. Nice. I feel like if you're not from Vancouver or if you're from Vancouver or the living in the lower mainland, you haven't run the sun run. Are you even a runner? So
2: I need to do that. Love it. Evan. Um other goals. Uh well, I guess I have like I don't know, like time goals in mind. Um, but I'm going to be a downer. I'm not going to be downers. Just it's, it's, it's kept personal to me. Um, so I won't share those, but uh, it, um, I, I don't know. I, I like, uh, like to keep connecting with other athletes and uh, building this running presence that we have going on in Vancouver and within Canada. I think it's a pretty special thing and I almost think we're kind of in or maybe even from you know from everything that's going on right now we see a lot of people outside uh other people taking up running as well that didn't used to run um you know whether it's recycling or whatnot and maybe this will kind of make more people conscious uh, health conscious and i like to you know (laughs) i like to like just keep growing this uh awesome running community that we have um yeah that that would that's a big goal of mine yeah
0: cool that's great yeah it's uh it's definitely interesting times out there to see so many people strapping on their uh their running shoes that they bought in 1996 digging them out of the closet and getting out there for the first time in years uh who knows where that will lead but it's uh you know it's been it's been fun um to connect with our community in different ways, doing stuff like this uh, has certainly uh, been 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 a change for us. But I think people are enjoying it. So, yeah, thanks guys for for sharing a bit of your bit of your story about the uh, you know the Olympics that are a year postponed and trying to trying to qualify for them. So, um, when does training really ramp back up? Guess it's hard to say. Just just in cruise control right now.
1: I think it's just a matter of having fun and like Evan said earlier I don't think any of the stuff you're doing right now is it's only going to benefit you in the long run just being consistent and continuing to just stack the miles and get that sort of stuff in the legs but I think uh, you know nothing no news seems to last longer than a day or two right now and everything's consistently changing and you know they delay a few diamond league meets last week and say that they'll start in June and I don't think that's realistic so I think it's uh, it's a very fluid situation and you just you know we'll try and stay in shape not drink too many beers or stay up too late but uh, you know you gotta do what you gotta do and cool. it's easy to drink beer right now so gotta- <laughs> what are you
0: drinking what are you drinking what's your go-to uh,
1: yesterday I stopped at 33 acres and grabbed some of their beers beautiful Some of their from the brewing experience like their newer place so got got a little stash of that uh,
2: yeah
1: awesome okay thanks so much guys
2: All well, right no worries thanks for tuning in.